Hey guys, and welcome to another great week of Roll Film. We're continuing here with our superhero summer, right? That's what we said? Yeah, okay. Sure. <laughs> and we are going to be reviewing, if you didn't already know by clicking on the episode, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Volume um, 3. Volume dot 3. Because it's um, like music. And this was released on May the 5th. 2023 it has a rating of PG-13, runtime of two hours and 30 minutes, and here we go with the synopsis. Still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own, a mission that could mean the end of the Guardians if not successful? <gasps> ah! And for those that are not clear that synopsis is a little sloppy, Gamora we have realized is not dead because obviously there's a past version of herself that we restored due to Endgame and the power of time travel discovered by Doc Brown in the movie Back to the Future. So <laughs> the best savior of all plot devices. Everything can be solved with time travel. Yeah. And we're going to figure that out later this month when we review The Flash. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, we are, again, high up in the digits when we're talking about the budget. This had a budget estimated of, wow, I'm just going to say it because it sounds cool, a quarter of a billion dollars. Wow. Right? And opening weekend, it did make $118 million in worldwide gross this far, $746 million. Jeez. And some change. That change doesn't matter when you get to that point. But yeah. I bet it'll cross a billion eventually. It has to. I mean, and we're already talking about the last two releases from Marvel have hit over a billion. Probably. That's going to be another one for Zoe. I mean, she's like the billion dollar actress. Right. Avatar, the other Guardians movies. I Avengers, mean, technically Avengers. different movies, yeah. Yeah, sure. Marvel Marvel movies, installments. Also, way. you know, Britney Spears' Crossroads from the early 2000s. She was in that. Probably hasn't hit its billion, but soon, cross your fingers. Did Star Trek make a billion? The you know, remakes? I don't know. She was great in that, though. I thought she did a great Ohura. Like, especially the first one was really good. I think the second one was pretty good too. But yeah, I, I, those are good. That's not what we're talking about, though. No, we're not. <laughs> Stop talking about it, Greg. No. And because uh, we are super nerds, I don't know if you did anything, John. You're wearing a Friday the Thirteenth shirt. I'm wearing a Guardians of the Guacamole T-shirt. Nice. <laughs> and I'm drinking a beer called Galactic Heroes, made from the company I work for, Homestead Beer Co. I'm drinking water from Jupiter because they found water there. And then this is the water. I got this off eBay. Now, did you have to decontaminate that in any way before you started ingesting it? If I was supposed to, I didn't. And, you know, <laughs> this is this is hopefully how I get superpowers. For the record, if you're listening to this and think I'm serious, I'm not. Uh, this is just actual tap water, which is probably worse than any liquid you could drink from Jupiter. But, you know, fluoride me up. Fluoride me up yep. before you go go. <laughs> That's what Flo Rider is. His name is is based on fluoride and tap water. So now that is true. Uh, Google it, <laughs> <laughs> but don't really. <laughs> but don't just take our word for it. Yes, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Man, I'm just gonna say it right now. Standalone Marvel movies. Guardians is my favorite. It's my favorite trilogy, and I think part of it is because. I didn't know these characters. I was a bit of a comic book nerd growing up. It was more about X-Men, Avengers, Justice League, you know, Superman, Batman. I mean, we had the golden era of superhero cartoon in the 90s. 100%. Don't at me. 
because you're wrong if you want to. But Guardians, I don't even remember them. I think there may have been Guardians who appeared in the X-Men like miniseries they did in space. You know, the Phoenix Saga. I'm sure some of those were Guardians at some point, but I remember them talking about this movie getting made and them saying Chris Pratt was cast. And I was like, Andy from Parks, you know? And the movie that got Andy skinny. Yeah, well, not just skinny, but jocked. Well, ripped, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I just stopped drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he and now he's married to a Schwarzenegger after he was, you know, looking like one. Dude, that was... Anyway, uh, I mean, I'm over here fangirling over Chris Pratt, but I do really like him. He's amazing. I yeah, love it. He's he's awesome. These care. I mean, okay, so I know Greg and I have talked about it before, but both of our mothers, unfortunately, have passed away. And I used to get pre-screening tickets to movies all the time. Like, I, I, just, I don't know how. I would just sign up for these surveys and I'd get the tickets. And I think it came out in August of 2014, the first Guardians. And my mom had died in July 11th, 2014. And I think I, it was like two weeks later, I got pre-screened tickets to this movie. No idea how this movie is going to start. And it starts with, you know, a kid losing his mom to cancer. So, you know, if if you like a different Marvel movie more than me, just know that you're wrong because my mom's dead and you can't really beat that argument, you know? Yeah. So. Try to try to beat my Trump with my dead mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's connected with me immediately. I was like, oh, boy, you know, like this is this is going to be real. And that, you know, I, as someone who really likes James Gunn work, you know, I, I wasn't super knowledgeable of it. I didn't realize he wrote so much great stuff before that I had seen. Tromeo and Juliet, one of his early ones, and obviously the Scooby-Doo movie, and he actually wrote some of the screenplay, if not all of it, of uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake, which I love. That's like one of my favorite remakes. And he also did a really bad horror gore movie, right? Do you remember what that Slither. was Slither. I love Slither. Slither. No, Slither. I love Slither. That I... was it. It had Michael Roker in it. Yes, it had Michael Roker and Nathan Fillion and Elizabeth Banks. Dude, I love Slither. I still watch I, it, it to this my... day. I loved it. I, I, Mindy loves those movies. I don't. She put it on to go to bed, and I was yeah. up till four in the morning watching that oh, movie. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, ironically, I think one of the Slither or a canister of the Slither slugs are in the first Guardians. But we're here to talk about Volume 3. Sorry. I could, I could talk all day about James Gunn. And obviously from, you know, my happy tone, you can probably guess what I'm going to rate this movie as later. But this movie... A whopping two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just so awesome to see that he got to direct these all three of these movies. And for him... To sow such growth. Did I say so? I mean, show such growth in these characters and the story in a day when superhero movies are almost a dime a dozen. I hate to say it as a fan of the genre. James Gunn was like, I'm going to put out quality. And now DC's knocking at his door. And he obviously put out one of the best DC movies in, you know, recent history right now. And that's why they're like, please make more. But man, this movie, and it was awesome to take my kid to this one. He, he, my wife was pregnant with Christopher when we saw the first one. And he was a little young to take to the theater for the second one. But he's seen all of them now. And I was really excited to take him to the theater. And it was really good. I thought it was a wise choice for Gunn to focus more on Rocket for this 
I almost called it an episode for this film. That's the beauty of these movies, right? Yes, one of the Guardians will have a kind of a focal point. And, you know, and Gamora really got her time to shine in the Infinity Saga, you know, yeah. and, and that was really cool too. Just because Rocket's kind of the focal point of this doesn't mean the other Guardians don't get their time to shine as well. It's just so well done. Obviously, the incorporation of music is really high art. Like, there should just be a class on how James Gunn puts music in movies. And maybe there is. I don't know. But I think that his master class is just that. The right to, I'm just kidding, obviously. <laughs> I, but, yeah. John, you're absolutely right. And the Marvel Universe started in 2008 with Iron Man. And then we went through The Incredible Hulk, the sequel to Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, The Avengers, Iron Man 3, Dark World. Like, Captain America Winter Soldier was released. And then we finally got guardians of the galaxy john you did say it was released august 1st 2014 and you're right it turned the mcu on its head because after this moment in the mcu timeline all of the other movies changed besides age of ultron because that was released very well i shouldn't say very soon after but you could tell that before guardians and post guardians how much of a shift those movies were he had such a poetic way to get into the characters so quickly without having to have an entire movie for a background for you to love the character he mastered that somehow and again with incorporating music within the scenes that breathed even heavier life like there's no way anybody left guardians one disappointed Unless you're just a hater and you're like, that had nothing to do with it. <laughs> That's Shut how up. they sound. Shut up, losers. <laughs> but And now we're this far out and it has the largest gap in the MCU between episode one and the newest release. And it even has the longest gap in between um, the second movie and the third movie that we're looking at. I think that the third movie shined so hard and before we really delve into it we should just we, we would be doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't do a little blip on the christmas special that was released in december what did you think about the christmas episode well i've always felt like guardians was like marvel's star wars for obvious reasons i don't think i have to spend time drawing the parallels so it's, I, I think I, you should <laughs> <laughs> maybe another time but it's just ironic that they get a holiday special i'm sure that was in the back of gun's mind it's funny that they kind of have the capability to get to earth really anytime they want but they don't really have a lot of desire to do so the comedy is always there i'll probably repeat myself a lot when i talk about this but this movie has heart what james gunn writes has heart there's a lot of emotion behind it jokes land not because they're like super funny sometimes they are but because it makes sense for that humor to come through at this time or for this character to say that. And it's it doesn't feel like forced commie, which commie. It's not it's not forced communism. No, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> not yet. <laughs> yeah. It's not forced <laughs> comedy that I think I see a lot more of in MCU movies, especially. They're trying to get Kevin Bacon to come to nowhere so that he can, you know, brighten Star Lord up and it's Drax and Mantis, the two literal characters who, like, take everything literally, don't know how nuance works. And it's just a lot of fun. 
and there's heart, like I said, and there's a big reveal. And if you haven't seen it, I guess I won't ruin it. But I mean, in another parallel, before I go on, I guess you could say the Guardians of the Galaxy is the Fast and the Furious of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, too, because it's all about family. It's family. Family. And it has been diesel, diesel, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. These are the reasons this movie is my favorite. These. This series is my favorite MCU movie because this is why I go to movies to have a good time, to feel something, to see amazing action, to see actors hitting it out of the park, to see a director take chances. There should be a Guardians of the Galaxy masterclass that everyone has to study if they want to go into film. Like, this is where it's at. And to have a group of people, as we're going to kick back into volume three here, that are so passionate about each other. We we watch James Gunn create this family. Family. And he does it so well and to the point that everybody was going up for bat for him when they fired him off of this project. Oh, they were yeah. going to replace him with Taika Watiti. And uh, Dave Batista was the first out of all of them was like, look, if you're not going to have James Gunn come back, you're not going to have me come back either. James Gunn went and directed Suicide Squad sequel, which for those that saw that, you'll see a lot of familiar faces from that movie in this movie. That can be a very big hit or miss. Chris Nolan does that a lot, but it's just, it's so perfect. And I have one movie poster framed in my house and it's in my living room and it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Like that's how much I love this whole series. And if we'll talk before we get into the movie, the trailer of the movie before going to see it. Did you only see this one time, John? I've only seen it once. Yep. Okay, same. So I'm going trying to go off my memory here. It was very heavy on Rocket and emotional. And the first thing that you can surmise just from the MCU is, well, we're going to lose Rocket in this episode. That was kind of like the whole onto it for it and especially him being sick throughout the entire movie you kind of feel that way the whole time now before we get into that we have to introduce a new character into this that we saw at the end of guardians 2 talking about adam warlock so we got a new character here i love it because that guy is so hilarious especially with his eyebrows and anybody that goes to halloween dressed as sid from toy story yeah has a check mark in yeah. my book now, John, you and I both know Adam Warlock from being nerds. What did you think of his portrayal of Adam Warlock in the movie? I thought he did great. I thought the origin of how they did Warlock was really cool. How he was a man-child. That seems to be very popular in the Guardians <laughs> franchises. I think they changed it, obviously, a little bit. But, you know, those sort of changes they make in the MCU, like they did. We talked about Modoc last time. They make sense for the movies. Some Marvel purists would be like, that's not how it works. It's like, grow up. Like, it, it's fine. His entrance was amazing. You know, how he came right into beating the F out of everybody. That was great. It, it was very Captain Marvel-esque. I love that. And especially yeah. knowing just that character is one of the most powerful characters in the Marvel Universe. Right. For them to dumb him down like this, I was a little disappointed. But the more I thought about it, I was like, well, this is perfect. If they would have had him come into this episode like a bat out of hell, beating everybody's ass like Tyler Durden style, this wouldn't have been as, as entertaining. It would have just been a, a defeat in that moment. Right. 
had to worry about not only him, you've had to worry about the high evolutionary. Right. And to see how Warlock, he is a child. And he's this child with huge powers, capabilities, you know, on the level of Thanos. It's wild. And to see him develop, you know, maturity, him develop morals, and not just blindly follow his creator is really cool. And and that's a that's just a big part of this movie as well. Are we going to be doing spoilers in this podcast? Because I don't you know. You can if we... give a warning. Well, definitely a spoiler, I think. Going forward with these movies, as we see in the post credit scenes, we're going to see what the comic book fans of Adam Warlock are going to see as he's joined now with the Guardians of the Galaxy, along with Sean Gunn as Kraglin. The emotion here is real. I didn't know anything about Rocket going into any of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought it was such a weird idea for a character, but it obviously works well. But then to go into his origin via flashbacks was really well done. I did know who the High Evolutionary was because I remember he was very involved with the X-Men, especially Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in the comics. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was cool to see him get, you know, kind of put into outer space and how he was trying to create the perfect society. Perfect in his eyes, obviously. It worked really well. The villain had motivation. It was obviously the dichotomy of love and family and being accepted versus perfection and the ideal state that people think that they are, they deserve or they, they can make. And instead of being happy and content with who's in your life, and that doesn't mean obviously you, you, you tolerate toxic people or whatever, but when they're not toxic people and they're actually people who care about you, that's actually what perfection looks like. I couldn't agree more, and it was beautiful. This movie, honestly, is shot very beautifully. You also have the turmoil of the jumping-off point with Peter Quill. They summed it up perfectly with Mantis's little point. Peter's basically just been jumping from lily pad to lily pad, running away from his home on Earth. You know, he has a spot on Earth, and... Sure, he he doesn't go back because he doesn't know the answers of who's all really there, but the only way you find out is if you go. And spoiler alert, we do see Peter going back to Earth at the end of this movie to be with his grandpa. That is so perfect, I think, because that needs a jumping off point. Of course, at the end of the post credit scene, it said, you will see Star-Lord again. Right. Duh. I didn't need that. <laughs> Duh. You're telling me Chris Pratt would turn down millions of dollars to be in another... Right. You literally changed his life from being a fat oaf, funny and lovable on Parks and Rec, to a beautiful, hilarious man yeah. in Guardians of the Galaxy. I also love, and I want to get into as well, because, you know, James Gunn, we talked about, loves his, his past cast. The voices of... Rocket's little cellmates. We see Linda Cardellini. She was Velma in Scooby-Doo, and she was the voice of Lila, the rabbit. Sorry, the uh, otter. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we also had Ashim Chandri as Teefs, the walrus, and <laughs> you so Ma good. Makila Hoover as Floor, the rabbit with the <laughs> awesome. It's aw so good. Awesome wheels. I'm lying on the floor, so I'm going to be called Teefs. Or floor. <laughs> you messed it up so bad, Greg. I know, so stupid. But no, it Dude, was yeah. It's also to be said that this movie broke a record. Did you know that, John? No. 
Well, let me tell you. Most raccoons on screen. It's second most. The film sets the record for the most makeup appliances used in a single film, having more than 23,000 prosthetics across more than 1,000 actors. Oh, my gosh. Well, it looked great. It looked fantastic. The world that they go on to where everybody's an animal person. Yes. Great. Nothing about that was disappointing. I loved every single bit of that. Perfect world. You mean an octopus selling meth to a rabbit? Like that was. (laughs) He's trying to make a point, but it did the sentence. It's just so outlandish. Dude, it's so funny. And, you know, we're getting into it, too. I mean, this is now the first and we talked about it a little on the last episode. The first MCU movie to use the fuck word finally um (laughs) way to censor thank you and i will say that was for me i knew i was expecting a fuck somewhere in this movie but when it came i laughed so fucking hard like i that was the hardest i laughed in the movie theater at that bit it was good it was well done delivered well totally just Peter had had enough, and he was like, just get in the car. I think anybody that's ever been in that situation has understand the frustration, and the fuck was inevitable. So, Oh, man. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, that was... Oh, my God. Anytime I'm trying to take my kids anywhere, I don't say it, but oh, I'm just thinking, like, get in this car. No! Yeah. Like, <laughs> the actors that were in it were put in the exact place it needed to be. The storyline between... Peter Quill and Gamora that was ashed out perfectly. I thought you're absolutely right. And you know, the big critique that Marvel movies get these days is that they look bland. There's not enough pop and composition is just not enticing. You cannot say that about any of these movies, but especially volume three, the color is so awesome. Just the the space suits they wear, the worlds they go on. It's so beautifully built and i know it's cg and i obviously think cg is overused but the way they used it here was awesome and 100 percent. and you got to tell me john if you thought none of it was confirmed i swear none of it was but then when they're floating out in those brightly colored spacesuits, is that not an homage to the popular game among us oh i thought it was the wiggles I didn't get that at all. Um, <laughs> I'm just but... kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> probably. I don't know. I mean, this movie probably started before Among Us got really popular, but maybe it was. I don't know. I mean, they were imposters. They were all imposters. They so... were all imposters, and the, all the colors were the colors of the characters that you play in the game, and they look very yeah. similar to the characters. That's the only reason why I thought that. We'll have to ask James Gunn when we get him on the podcast. So, Well, James Gunn did confirm the high evolutionary is not spoiler alert dead oh i didn't know that so if you watch the movie you can see i'm I'm sorry it's either drax or it's peter that's carrying the high evolutionary on their shoulders escaping the burning ship wow so they're holding him prisoner i think so i think that's cool i think he's a good actor but yeah i think it was it was beautiful freeing all the animals that was funny I mean, the humanity that Bradley Cooper brought to that role of a raccoon, man. I mean, I was hooked. I, I The backstory was incredible. I don't want to just say that my son teared up a little bit. I was like, oh, God, you know, like hitting me right in the feels. So it took the wheel of my feel mobile. <laughs> <laughs> nice. How are we going to pick a favorite scene here, Greg? 
Well, let me ask you then, before we get to that point, is there any part of this movie that you didn't care for? No, I loved it all. <laughs> I really did. I didn't like that it ended so fast. No. <laughs> it's over two hours. <laughs> two and a half I didn't hour like that movie. it's not real. It needed to be longer, goddammit. Yeah. I will say the scene I'm going to say is not above the rest of the movie by a lot. It's hard to top anything, but if we're going to go off action scenes, the hallway scene where they are just messing up dudes. I mean, it gave me almost like Daredevil and space vibes in a lot of ways. I know it's multiple fighters instead of just Daredevil versus all of them, but Marvel knows how to film a hallway scene. My God. Yeah. Have they done that in every movie thus far? In every of the in every Guardians, Guardians. yeah, I definitely remember one from the first one. I'm trying to think if there was a second one. Uh, yeah, oh duh, obviously there's one in the second one. It's not really hallway as much as a spaceship, but it is like through the corridors. Oh, and that's yeah. yeah. God, just let James Gunn do everything fun, and he and then... understands. He's done the math. He he's gone to the chalkboard so many times. He's perfected the point. Because let's all be honest. Suicide Squad 1 was very bland and not great. Cookie cutter. There were some whatever parts, but it just it did nothing. It just nothing. And then you have a sequel, very rare sequel, that outshines the first one. By a lot. By a lot. He knows what he's doing. I'm excited to see what he's going to be doing with the DCU. And then I, when I'm people excited. get mad, like he's 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 getting rid of actors, he's cutting movies that people were excited about. I'm like, okay, I get it on the surface, but this isn't just some Yahoo. This is James Gunn. This dude made the Guardians a household name. He can take the strange and make it so approachable for everybody else. So yeah, we ventured off from my favorite scene, but yeah, I've, I would I just let James Gunn make every movie ever. Let James Gunn run the country you know just let him run say, google yeah. all of let it. james gunn do the next fast and the furious movie and maybe that'll breathe life into number 10 or 11 yes. or 12 and bring 13. groot over as a crossover so vin diesel and groot <laughs> have to do a scene together all right greg did you think of a favorite scene the, the the whole movie is perfection and that is my favorite scene but when i heard it and i saw the scene and I immediately understood where they were going with it. When Groot says, I love you guys. Oh, boy. Like, that obviously hurt because that was so beautiful. But you understand now that we've been with Groot for so long. Now we're able to speak Groot or listen and hear Groot because all he really said was, I am Groot. And we were able to understand, I love you guys. Yep. So I thought that was pretty fantastic. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. Well, that being said, Johnny, what was your rating? 10 out of 5. I mean, 15 out of 10, whatever. What It's just like my favorite Marvel trilogy, easy, a masterpiece in how to do sequels to characters. And I'm excited to see what Gunn does next. I'm excited to see what next Guardians there is hopefully he he has to be in charge of the next one. I mean, I know he's big DC guy, but it, 
Come on. I don't know how you don't bring him back. Look, I love Tayeka Watiti and I love what he's done. Yeah. Uh, it's an automatic 10 out of 10 for me because Nathan Fillion was in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, which kidding. is another superhero movie that James Gunn did uh, with Rain Wilson. Uh, Super. Super. Yeah, which we didn't even mention. That. Oh, my God. Whatever. We're getting off track. <laughs> but yeah, but no, 10 out, out of, of all 10. seriousness, yeah, 10 out of 10 because not only was this movie a 10 out of 10, but it completed the perfection that is the trilogy. Not a lot of movies can say that. Absolutely or series, not. I should say. Yeah. Man, it's going to be hard to top this. We got more superhero movies coming. We got ones that are going to be in theaters. I guess Volume 3 is in theaters now. But we're going to be getting new movies. It's going to be super. And, and we have some special little guests joining us Ooh, on a yeah. special Father's Day episode. That's right. We're just going to pick random kids off the street and be like, get on here. Lure them in with candy and movie tickets. <laughs> so stay tuned here with this role film for Superhero Summer. We're super excited that you're here for Summer Podcast Listening Twos. That's not a, how you form that sentence, but here we are. Yeah, that would, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> well, it would sound better if James Gunn wrote it. So go see Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Drop whatever you're doing. Call off work if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, leave your kids in the hot car. Crack a window. Crack a window. It's getting hot in the hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, crack a window and go see this movie. Thanks for watching. We're going to roll out our listening. Dang it. I'm, I, I was on a roll. God damn it. Film. Ha. Right. I got it back. No. All right. <laughs> we'll see. Go ahead. Let's, let's end this with a ruiner. Let's do it, Johnny. <laughs> you better guard the roll of toilet paper before we film the Guardian. That sucked. All right. Bye. Bye.